Ah, it is Matt Mosley with Stephen Simcox on a celebratory Monday. Been a busy day, lot going on around the league. Stephen, don't you love some good salary cap news? The cap, what is going to be the cap? When can you franchise tag players? When can you franchise tag Dak? I mean, we were we were poised tomorrow, Stephen, to jump in there and talk Cowboys and do the Doomsday podcast, all those all those important things with the Cowboys. And now, Stephen, there's talk that they might have to push that back. I know you get excited with any kind of salary cap talk. Uh, it is Mosley and Simcox another week and another step closer to the men and women heading into the NCAA tournament. Steven, it'd be really cool if they were both number one seats. You know, it would not be that would be I mean, it, I guess it happens occasionally. It may have happened a long time ago. I don't know if UConn was ever a number one seed. Surely they were at some point in basketball. You know the women were, but uh, the the women just keep getting better. I mean, they look really good. But the two of them, um, that would be cool. I think the women right now, the way we see it, are going to be a two seed. And the men will be a one seed, overall number one seed. And, uh, Stephen, that was so cool yesterday. Uh, I know you were monitoring that. The Bears do it. They do it in style. And they do it with the great Maceo just going crazy. Just knocking down shot after shot after shot. I think Scott Drew, he took the mic afterwards. You love it when he does that. Gets a prayer in, that type of thing. Snow angels and the confetti after the game. Steven, I would say I've seen a lot of great shooting performances. I saw David Hamilton many years ago. I saw Lace against Tech. I saw Lace against West Virginia one time. Lace Darius Dunn. But that's one of the all-time great shooting. That wasn't even that high volume in terms of how many shots he squeezed off. Maceo, very efficient, 10 for 12 from three-point land. Stephen, that went from a pretty competitive, nice back-and-forth ball game to the Bears just putting a, throwing a haymaker. And then, Stephen, at some point, the executive vice president of Central National Bank, our presenting sponsor, text me to share he's he insists Stephen. i don't know if we could ever find this that i made some statement about maceo shooting recently that i i I thought it was off a little bit or something like that i don't know if i said that Stephen. does that sound like something i may have said recently i don't remember if you said it was off i think you were talking about like great shooters in baylor's history and you just mentioned that maceo is kind of a a different uh, motion than most. Like it's, okay. it's has kind of a little hitch to it. And then you did say that he was struggling at the time, which was true. Uh, but obviously yesterday he was not struggling at all. It's, it's a unique shot. I, I don't know if I'm seeing things or I feel like there's a different layer to that shot this year. Like he's added a bit of a hitch, but Whatever he's doing, keep doing it. I mean, they're all shooting like 40% from three. And then the play of the game, Stephen, was was when uh, Meyer misses one. Vital goes racing out of bounds, saves it to Maceo, and Maceo takes a, one of those little, 
love it. I love that little escape dribble. The escape dribble and then splash. Splash town. Now, that was cool. And and that was done with a flare. Bears win. Bears win big. Steven, I, I, I'll, we'll let you hear from Scott Drew here in a second. I was trying to get a feel for what they are going, you know, what their attitude's going to be like going into the Big 12 tournament. I don't think they're going to sell out to win it. I think they'd love to win it. But that's that's it's going to be interesting to see. Did did you hear Mark Vidal, Stephen? I kind of like when Mark Vidal was told by Chuck Carlton that no Texas team has ever won the Big 12 tournament. And he said, "Oh, I'm glad you said that." That that's motivation. He said, "I didn't know that." Is that not hard to believe, Stephen? Going back to DJ Augustine, TJ Ford, Kevin Durant, Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, these were some great, great Texas players that Rick Barnes had. Can you explain to me, Stephen? How in the history of the Big 12 tournament, men's basketball tournament, a Texas team has not won it? Is that not the craziest thing? When I heard that, I started racking my brain. I was like, what are you talking about? Beards had teams. Mm -hmm. Texas has had teams. We know Baylor because Baylor's finished second. They've lost in the championship game before. I mean, we know they hadn't won it. Yeah, that's no Texas team. That's crazy. That's bizarre. I didn't realize that either. And you're right. Texas had their run. Tech has had, you know, a great run here recently of being a very formidable team in this league and, uh, you know, winning a share of the title. But also, it's not always the best team. And it's just odd that – and we've seen some Baylor teams make some pretty magical runs. Like uh, that team that I think went on to win the NIT or make the NIT final – they had had a tough regular season, and they find themselves in the championship game and eventually lost to Missouri, but they won like three games in three days. Uh, and, and it's just odd that nobody from that group, even if they didn't win the regular season, that finished third or fourth or second couldn't make a run when a you know champion got knocked out because you do occasionally see the one seed get knocked out early in these uh, conference tourneys. Do you, Stephen, are you you think the Aggies are excited that they have a shot to uh, to be here in Dallas with us? Uh, Stephen, we can just come right up the road from Central Texas. We can all get in a car. We may even use the ESPN Central van, drive to Dallas, Stephen, and watch the Aggies in the NIT tournament. <laughs> Ooh, I made that joke the other night. One of my buddies got all worked up. Said they're they're opting out. Said the Aggies will opt out for not participate in the NIT. Stephen, the greatest thing in the world. What would the greatest thing in the world be with the NIT? What is the best thing that could happen with the NIT being in Dallas? Do you know the answer to this? I guess I don't. I mean, A and M winning would would be good. SMU winning would be. Would be a big haul, I think. I think it would be the Duke Blue Devils making a deep <laughs> run in the NIT. I would just drive up to Dallas from Central Texas just to host NIT watch parties at different various bars in Dallas. And we would watch Duke in the NIT. Golly, I'd love to see Coach K. Coach K in the NIT. 
Stephen, if you had to say right down, put you on the spot, who is who in your mind is the greatest NIT school in the country? I could use I could use a joke to make fun of your alma mater, but I'm not going to do it. Who do you think in the country has been to the NIT the most times? If you had to guess, that's a good question. Yeah, the Frogs have been there a couple of times. Won one a few years ago. Uh, I feel like South Carolina is in the NIT a lot. Not as much with Frank Martin. They've made the tournament more, but I feel like I always see that name. Okay, I would go with Virginia Tech. I feel oh, like, that's a good think, one. Yeah, the Hokies are almost always in the NIT. That's why Seth Greenberg's on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> we got Bob Bowles before yet. We got Rodrigo today. We got Steve Rodriguez. Baylor goes with a big sweep, four-game sweep over Memphis. Penn State, a sneaky good NIT team, too. They seem to find their way over there a lot. Who are the most horrible basketball schools? You know what I mean? Like, or or who are football school schools who are bad? I would say Nebraska would be one of them, and Penn State. I mean, like, can you ever remember a deep Penn State run in the in the uh, NCAA tournament? Can you remember a Nebraska run? <laughs> yeah, I remember um, Nebraska many many years ago had Vinnie Johnson's little brother, Eric Johnson, went to play. He didn't come to Baylor. Maybe he did and transferred to Nebraska. I can't remember that whole story. But Eric Johnson played for Nebraska. He was good. Vinny's little brother. You'd look up, and then Eric Johnson, Vinny's brother, would be scoring a bunch. I don't know if Terry Teagle had any siblings. Terry Teagle. Has anyone, yeah, has anyone done worse with the realignment than Nebraska going to the Big Ten? I'm not, you know, I'm not sure if they would do better in the Big 12, but they've just fallen off the map in everything. Like, even UConn's doing pretty well in whatever they are now. Like, UConn's, I think, been better since they got one of those brothers, the uh, the Hurley brothers. Yeah, I, that's a good one. I, I don't know. That didn't totally work out. I mean, I can't think that you can say it's been unbelievable for Missouri. And let's not act like Colorado's gone in the Pac-12 and pushed everybody around. Arkansas leaving the SWC all those years ago. I mean, it's not like they've killed it. I mean, has any departure led to great things? Well, the Aggies are doing really well in football. I mean, you got to give them that. And the making Aggies, money. They like to always throw that money around that they're making in the SEC. I, I mean, the SEC people, they, you know, Big 12, we all love to make fun of the Big 12. In the SEC, they like chant SEC. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand, like, this all this great pride you take. Oh, my God. Gosh, we're the SEC. It's really about your own school. How is your own school doing? All right, Stephen, um, for another day, I did want to put you in charge of taking care of the uh, the eyes of Texas. Okay, that's the discussion for another day, though. Um, Stephen, let's listen to a little bit of this, though. Scott Drew and I had a little bit of a back and forth yesterday after the Bears had their celebration, celebrating a Big 12 championship and a great win over Texas Tech's ranked team, a team that only a couple years ago was playing for a national title. Here is uh, Scott Drew on yesterday's postgame news conference. Scott, do you feel like you're locked into the number one seed? I mean, as, uh, uh, a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. I'm just wondering how you kind of balance all that as you get ready for this conference tournament? Because I remember in the past, I mean, it's all about the big dance, and, and that's always been a balance for you because 
that's always been the priority. I'm just kind of wondering how you balance all that. Well, good question. Um, Lenardi will tell you if we're a lock for number one. He's usually right. But uh, I know with I know with us, uh, we haven't. Our, our goal has never been to be a number one seed. We've had other things we've wanted to accomplish, and 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 we've never won the Big Twelve tournament. So that is a goal of ours. And if you win that, obviously uh, it improves your your number one status. Um, the good thing in the Big Twelve, if you don't win it, there's uh, virtually uh, uh, not many losses that are going to really hurt you because there's so many talented teams. So um, that are ranked high, uh, and and. Teams that are on a roll, uh, definitely uh, uh, coaches would all prefer to go into March on a roll. It doesn't mean you have to do that. Uh, I, I think Texas Tech lost early in the Big 12 tournament and then uh, went to – was that the year they went to the championship game? Um, is that right, DK? Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing that says you have to, but I know all coaches feel when you're winning and you're confident that's a much better way to go in the NCAA tournament. You're not going to be resting starters in that first game. No, no. <laughs> And, 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 and one thing about the Big 12, if you rest your starters, you're not advancing to the second round, that's for sure. All right, Steven, I still think it'd be kind of funny to go with uh, – to come out there in that first game, Meyer, Flagler, Cryer, uh, uh, L.J. Cryer, and, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, Everyday John, and just see what you could do. Maybe sprinkle some Patterson in with some Jackson Moffitt. Just got to see what happens. You don't want to mess with the rhythm, especially when you've been out. You got to find your rhythm, but you also like the rest. I got to do a study, Stephen, but I, those deep, deep runs, how does it all translate? It's a very interesting thing. I used to look at that in the Big East tournament a little bit. I'll talk more about that as the week unfolds. Of course, we'll have Baylor's game on Thursday. You'll hear that right here on ESPN Central Texas. All right, let's turn to another Baylor sport, baseball. Sweep. Get out the brooms, baby. We sent Memphis packing. Let's get uh let's get uh, the great Rodrigo on. Uh Steve Rodriguez joins us next. There's a reason customers drive from all over Texas to buy a Ram pickup truck from Cameron Autoplex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm meteorologist Emily Kay. It's going to be a chilly start to the day with temperatures in the 40s. Highs will be around 72 degrees in the afternoon with mostly sunny skies. Tonight, skies will be mostly clear with temperatures dropping down to around 55 degrees. Tuesday will be slightly warmer with highs in the upper 70s across the region. Skies will be mostly cloudy throughout the day. Rain chances will increase towards the weekend. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 539 for your forecast first. Plus, check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. ESPN Central Texas is covering the Big 12 champion Bears and Lady Bears from the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Join the voice of the Bears, John Morris, starting Wednesday at 2 o'clock. John Morris, live from the Big 12 tournament, is brought to you in part by Automatic Chef Canteen, Camille Johnson Realtors, TFNB, your bank for life, and the Baylor Club. It's John Morris, live from Kansas City on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? Well, it's Matt Mosley from the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. NeighborWorks Waco has been assisting Central Texans in the home buying process for the past 27 years, and they are ready to assist you 
Not enough money for down payment or low credit score? NeighborWorks Waco has programs that help you improve your credit score, and they help you get the best loan with the least out-of-pocket expense, plus to make sure you know what to look for in selecting that perfect home for you and your family. Call 254-752-1647 or visit the website at NW. Waco.org to get started. NeighborWorks Waco is currently operating with social distancing protocol in place so that you can access our programs knowing your safety is their highest priority. NeighborWorks Waco is your trusted source for home ownership the right way. Today's job market is full of demand for skilled trade workers. Electricians, welders, mechanics, these and other trades are the backbone of every community. They're also a huge part in making sure the Army National Guard is always fulfilling its mission of service to our country and communities. Soldiers train to keep the power flowing, engines running, and supplies moving. The skilled trades these soldiers perform are the same ones needed in today's civilian workforce. Army National Guard soldiers are on the fast track to learning skills that can set them up for success at home with companies looking to hire the best. With options from plumber to helicopter mechanic and everything in between, soldiers are able to select the trades that best fit their lives. Their resumes are being built through their paid training and part-time service. Find out how you too can learn a trade profession and serve your community and country by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Texas Army National Guard. Aired by the Texas Association of Broadcasters and this station. All right, let's talk about heart health. American Heart Association recommends adults consume at least two servings of uh, fatty fish each week containing omega-3s to help improve heart health. Are you doing that? Probably not. Not a lot of folks are. Studies show that omega-3 fatty acids can decrease your risk for heart disease and heart attack. Boy, I stayed up last night reading a New Yorker article on, like, artificial uh, implants, artificial hearts, and just the lack of progress on that over the last 100 years. There's just some things you still need to do Uh, You need to just take care of yourself. I mean, you can't rely sometimes on technology uh, to catch up. And, boy, even though some of the great Baylor doctors like Dr. DeBakey with Denton Cooley back there from Houston, boy, two guys that didn't always get along, the Cooper uh, Complete Supplements are backed by Cooper Clinic physician and founder, Dr. Kenneth Cooper, who recommends vitamins and supplements to improve quality and quantity of his patients' lives. And 10% off your purchase of Advanced Omega-3. Plus, get free shipping with any purchase of $60 or more. Here's how you do it. Go to coopercomplete.com. Coopercomplete.com. Put the coupon code in Baylor10, B-A-Y-L-O-R-10, Baylor10. That's coopercomplete.com. Support your health with Cooper Complete Advanced Omega-3. Ram Truck Month is back at Cameron Autoplex in Cameron, Texas. Everyone knows Cameron Autoplex is your Central Texas Truck Authority, and the deals don't get any better than during Ram Truck Month. During this event, qualified buyers get 0% for 84-month financing on any new Ram 1500 Crew Cab Long Star. And if you need a heavy-duty Ram to get the job done, we've got that too. This is a limited-time event, so hurry into Cameron Autoplex. There's a reason why people say it's always friendlier and cheaper in Cameron. All 
Spotlight is Mosley and Simcox. You hear the music. You know what it means. It's time to talk a little baseball. Steve Rodriguez, Baylor baseball coach, joining us. And uh, it's a good day to be a Bear. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of great basketball stuff. But the Bears over the weekend, boy, sweep of Memphis. And, uh, Steve, welcome back to the program. Uh, we've been monitoring things early this season, and I know it's been up and down a bit, which is, you know, I think most teams kind of start that. But how does it? How did it feel to uh, against a quality opponent to to have those kind of results? That had to be uh, that had to be a pretty good feeling. Well, Matt, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, you know, obviously a little tired uh, this Monday just after playing four games. And we, what's great is we had amazing weather and, uh, you know, a quality opponent in Memphis coming in and probably the first normal weekend we've had in regards to uh, just playing a traditional weekend. And it was it was great to be able to get out there and have our guys kind of settle in and uh, play the way they did. It was uh was I was hoping it was going to be expected, but it was nice to see them perform the way they did. Yeah, and uh, uh, boy, any time it, it doesn't really matter who it is. It's just hard in baseball when you have that many games in a short amount of time. It's hard to kind of stay focused, especially early in the season. Your guys <laughs> seem to be all over it. Uh, outscore Memphis forty-two fifteen. Let's talk about some of the trends, if we could call them that, early in the season, uh, Steve. The uh, uh, your leadoff man uh, in, in, in really already a national player of the year candidate, Jared McKenzie, um, I, this, is, this is a remarkable start for him. Um, what are you seeing? Does it, are you surprised that he's this locked in this early? Or, or were you, I mean, does this not surprise you at all? Where, where are you with his start? Uh, it does not surprise me at all. It's always pleasantly encouraging to to have a player who I have high expectations for to to play really well. You know, it's always really nice to be able to have that. Um, you know, but I'm also realistic um, in a lot of capacities, uh, and so I try not to overshoot my expectations. You know, but he had a really solid senior year in regards to his high school. Came here. Obviously, last year was shortened, and he he was off to a great start. He was somehow like a 20% season. He was an All-American, a freshman All-American, so that was great to see. And then uh, he really didn't skip a beat once he started up this season. And it was great to see he's just making some great plays in center field. He's doing a lot of different things on the field that are really helping us win. All right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, talking to Steve Rodriguez, Baylor baseball coach, coming off uh, a really uh, nice weekend. We have not gotten to talk since that Round Rock Classic. It's always uh, – uh, it's it's interesting to pretty much open a season against, like, you know, really premium competition. What were your two or three biggest takeaways uh, from that? You don't want to, like, draw too much. I know there was some uh, – there was some sloppy ball in one of those games. I recall it might have been that first one against A and M that I that I remember. What what were your biggest takeaways coming away from that? What were you pleased about, and where did you see? Hey, we got the most work to do. Well, I don't, you know, I don't really like everything that you kind of said is true. Um, and the thing is, like, you can take stuff away from every aspect of it, whether it's negative or positive. You know, and the negativity. Um, you know, is, you know, we didn't communicate real well on a, a couple plays and it ended up costing us a couple runs. 
Um, but some of those plays are are quite honestly just a maturity thing. Some of the things are really hard to coach um, until you actually experience them. And I tell guys, like, there's certain things that I can tell you, but until you experience it, you have to kind of go through it so you, you see it. And the more times you see it, the, the better you're going to be at recognizing it and know what to do. Um, you know, one, one was, you know, one play was just an error, you know, uh, Jared, uh, came in for a ball. He was trying to throw somebody out and he lifted up his glove a little bit too early and the ball went underneath his glove. That, that's just a, a human mistake. But the two other ones, you know, we, we really communi- uh, talked about some of those things and one of them happened to me in the big league. So it's really hard to fault, uh, kids <laughs> when they're, when they're trying to do the right thing. And like when it happened, I go, Oh my gosh, I know exactly what happened right there. So it was great to be able to communicate with them knowing that, I have gone through that same thing and, and experienced exactly what they went through. But what's great is that's, that's part of the, the learning aspect of this. You know, at one point, I think we had five starting freshmen out there. So I'm expecting certain things from them, but I also have to be realistic in knowing that, you know, there's certain things that they just haven't experienced yet with their playing career. And um, obviously when you're playing against top level talent with Auburn, A&M and Oklahoma, you know, they're going to expose some of those uh, inexperiences, and, and, and they did. Uh, but what's great is we've kind of gotten past that. We've gotten onto a great track. We're, we're playing really well offensively. We pitched really well this weekend. And so it, it was really good to see our guys bounce back from that weekend and come back and win five games this weekend. Yeah, you just can't let that stuff, especially early in the season, hang around if you have some down moments. Uh, good win over Auburn in that one. Talking to Steve Rodriguez, Baylor baseball coach. You know, I zero in on certain players. Hayden Kettler was a guy, boy, a couple of seasons ago, you're expecting big things from and and, and just got hurt, got injured, and, and couldn't quite. Uh, boy, it feels like three seasons ago, I know, with the pandemic and everything, but it hadn't been that long ago. I had to be nice, Steve seeing him back on the mound and and from the little bit I was able to kind of catch of that um just seemed like you know crafty uh everything was playing like he needed it to be and and I you know who knows it's hard to say okay is he back up to full speed or not but uh I it certainly certainly looked like everything was playing for him you know he he, he did a great job you know we're we're trying to build him up still um, you know, on, on a Sunday game after, you know, we have a chance to see a, a team, three other games. And, and so we have a pretty good idea about their hitters. And he did a really good job of getting us, you know, at least halfway through that game. Um, and then hopefully we can kind of continue to build him up as well. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that, you know, he, he has to be that way. His velocity is down a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, he, he knows who he is as a, as a person and as a player and, you know, that's one of the things about him is that maturity level that he's not thinking he's one person and then he, he performs like somebody else. And, and so that's what makes him such a good player. And I'll be honest, I was really happy. You know, Tyler Thomas was another one who came in and started on Friday um, in our first game. And you want to talk about a person who has overcome some adversity, dealing with a surgery and, I mean, coming out and just been the absolute most consistent pitcher we got right now. Uh, throughout the weekends, and and so it's been great to see some of our guys, including Blake Helton, who who just did a great job of being probably put in some of the most awkward spots, you know, starting on Sunday, then having to come back on a Friday, and then you know having to change everything, the routine, just to to make sure that we have a starting pitcher. He, he just they've just done a really good job. Love that Tyler Thomas nine strikeouts, uh, and, and gave you six strong innings. It is Steve Rodriguez, Baylor baseball coach. Go ahead, Stephen. Coach, when we talked with you before the season, I know you said you had a lot of young guys who really impressed you in the fall. And 
Uh, I know Trey Richardson played some for you before things shut down last year, but were you expecting him to, to be playing this well earlier in the year? It seems like he's in a, a really good rhythm right now. Well, I, yes, I was expecting him to play well, you know, and that's why, you know, he graduated early from high school to get here and we were excited about it. Um, and then he came in and his arm was hurt. And so he didn't kind of get enough playing time uh, to really, to make a big impact. But, you know, he DH a little bit, played a little bit of second base and then his arm was hurt. And so we were trying to just give him time off. And then obviously the pandemic gave him plenty of time uh, to get healthy. And so he, he's healthy again, but uh, hitting in the top of our order, uh, whether it's two, three, four, um, is a great aspect for us just because he can do a lot of little things. He has surprising power. Uh, he's got some speed. He can do, you know, just he, he's kind of a, a, a player that in the future he's going to be a well-rounded player. He's still making some young mistakes, which we constantly talk about. Uh, but once again, I, I'm always asking our guys to be older than they are, and I always have to check myself and remind them that, and myself that, hey, this is going to come with time, but we just have to allow them to kind of hit some bumps along the way just because that's what's going to make them better in the future. Coach, what are you doing? What are you uh, and Dave Aranda? Uh, what's the latest on Blake Shapin and kind of how um, I know there were some meetings that were had and and uh, uh, I've 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 tried to monitor those things without without bugging you too much and you've been very candid with us, which is which is great. What's uh, what's the latest with him? Is is, is how you kind of approach things with Blake? Well, the big thing is we, we've had good communication. Um, he's trying to win a, a starting quarterback spot, you know, let's be honest. And so um, we told him, I said, look, we, we completely understand it. Uh, we have a new offensive coordinator and a new scheme, and, and there's a lot of new things that are happening. And if he's going to be over here uh, playing for us, you know, he feels like he's missing something out there. And, you know, he still wants to be able to, to be a quarterback for this program. And so, you know, I told him, I said, look, I don't want your, your, your head beating one place and your heart being another. And so let, let's go ahead and get you over there, get you through spring ball. And then once spring ball is over, we'll get you back over here. And, you know, we're going to be behind, which is fine. But, uh, you know, just getting him back here and getting him into the swing of things, it's a really talented player who, uh, who is going to be really fun to watch at some point. All right. So, obviously, you've talked about his talent. Have you, uh, have you gotten to see him throw the football, by the way? You know, Tom House, a guy you've probably uh, uh, visited with in the past, boy, he used to – he used to work with pitchers, and he'd have them throwing footballs and throwing all sorts of things. Do you, have you ever kind of monitored him, uh, you know, delivering the football? You know what's funny is when we had our uh, our week of ice storms here, uh, we had to go in the indoor quite a bit to, to practice and to throw and to do a lot of things. And we would go, always, always go in probably after football did. And there was a couple times where we would be there and they were finishing up and they were doing pass routes and he was throwing the ball. And I'll tell you what, it comes out really easy. And uh, when you watch him throw it, even as coaches, we looked at him and we're like, wow, that's pretty good. And like, I'm not a quarterback coach. I don't know a thing about anything in regards to play calling and defensive recognition and all that stuff. Um, I, I'm usually on the second tier of the stadium, so I don't know any of that stuff, but um, just by from the naked eye watching him just in regards to delivery and arm, um, it looks pretty good to me. Yeah, if you ever retire from coaching, I hope you go about 20 more years, but that's not a bad retirement out on the West Coast, Steve. The uh, 
to just mentor quarterbacks like Tom House has done <laughs> with Brady and Mahomes and those guys. It's it's uh, it's sort of fascinating how he somehow went from a longtime pitching coach, used to be with the Rangers, and now somehow he became a quarterback's guru. Talking to Steve Rodriguez, Baylor uh, baseball coach. Uh, boy, uh, you've got a you've got the son of a major leaguer uh, with, with in in Nevin. I mean that that's got to be. That, and you, if you've coached guys that have done that in the past, and, and I'm talking about Kyle Nevin, son of Phil Nevin, um, what is there a? Do they arrive, uh, Steve, with a little advanced skill set? Just the almost osmosis of being around it. I'm not saying every major leaguer is, you know, out of the womb is trying to put a bat in their hands or a glove, but is there is there a little bit different level of understanding when one of those kids arrives? Well, I think the the biggest thing um, is that every kid is different. You know, every household is different. Every parenting scheme is different. Um, so every kid, I mean, I've coached Ryan Sandberg's son. I've coached Jamie Moyer's son. I've coached Charlie Huff's son, uh, Chad Tracy, uh, who is Jim Tracy, the manager of the Dodgers and the Pirates. Um, I coach his kids. Um, and so I've coached quite a few big leaguers' kids, Um and, you know, and the biggest thing is that they understand coaching, they understand playing, they understand that there are certain things that coaches do, uh, we're, we're trying to get them to be better baseball players. And so their understanding of the game uh, from a, a, a technical standpoint, from a, a, a game-playing standpoint, from a skill set in regards to, like, what's happening on the field is usually very advanced. Um, now, when it comes to the individual, sometimes – there are certain things I tell this to every kid. I cannot teach and I can't coach maturity. I can't tell a kid to grow up. You know, we, we talk about old man strength all the time. Like when you get older, you just naturally become stronger. You naturally become bigger. And so those are some of the things that I just can't coach. I can get kids stronger in a weight room, but there's certain things in regards to that maturity level that just happen with time. And that's where some of these kids, I think, is, is my job is to really kind of hold them in the pen and let them get stronger and bigger in regards to the weight room and our nutrition program and some of the stuff that we do here at the baseball field and then let that maturity catch up with it. And usually when it does, it turns out to be a pretty good baseball player. Yeah, it's a fascinating thing. Did Charlie Huff's son smoke cigarettes like in the dugout? (laughs) No, but he tried to throw a knuckleball just like he did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Charlie Huff, you're talking about, that's one of my favorite Rangers ever, my childhood hero. In fact, that knuckleball, obviously it's easier on your arm. Charlie used to throw it fast and then got the knuckleball going. And one of those games against the Twins, you may remember it, Steve, years ago, he was still in there in like the 15th or 16th inning. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is there's not a lot of wear and tear. I mean, they're the perfect spot starter whenever you need them. Like, hey, can you pitch? Sure, you just got to file your nails right and off you go. That's right. You see Charlie Huff's son throw like 90, and you're like, what are you doing? you got to slow that. You need to be in the 60-mile-per-hour 60, 60 range. Well, listen, we um, it's always fun catching up with you. It's, I'm so excited about this season. It's fun. Good weather coming in. It's going to be great to get out to the ballpark. The only thing, uh, Steve, you know I love to give unsolicited advice. I, I'm looking at Cade Currington's numbers. I'm only seeing 11 at-bats so far. The uh, the Kaufman kid, we like to call him. Let's see if we can get those numbers up just a little bit, please. 
Wow, look at you putting a little <laughs> pub in there for Cade. I like that. Oh, Cade, I'll tell you what, Cade is one of my favorite kids on the team. And and I just I just love his demeanor and everything he does uh, in regards to his positive attitude that he brings to our program. And uh, he has earned everything he's gotten, and that's one of the great things about that young man. Well, his grandfather's going through a tough time uh, physically right now. Dr. Joe Urso, one of the great veterinarians in the history of uh, – of that great field in my hometown, and so we're all thinking about him. But that's one of the tougher dudes uh, in the country. So uh, we're all we're all thinking good thoughts on that as uh, Cade's family's kind of dealing with that. But boy, we're very proud of Cade, and and I'm just giving you a hard time. But uh, he does seem to produce. So I, I love it when he gets in there. Coach, great to great to catch up with you. Let's uh, just keep rolling, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you guys do, Matt. And thank you guys again for having me on. You bet. There you go. Steve Rodriguez, the great Rodrigo himself. Uh, Baylor baseball coach team coming off four wins. If you get four wins in about three days, that's not a bad way to spend a weekend. It helps your record and kind of polishes things up there. It's always a nice thing to do. And now the Bears will uh, proceed. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to team is going to buy like it usually does. It'll start getting better and better like it did last season. And then they'll be ranked. After about two or three series in the Big 12, they'll suddenly show up at about 17 or 18 uh, in the country. That is the way uh, Steve Rodriguez and his bunch likes to work. All right, uh, it's time. We got some interesting stuff from the commissioner of the Big 12. Football in the fall. What's it going to look like in the stadiums? We know what Mac Rhodes told us on Friday. We'll kind of see what the commissioner says about it. We'll do it next. Recently on the John Moore Show. Dan Schulman, ESPN, our guest. I was uh, saying earlier in the hour, Dan, uh, kind of telling your your travel story about how when you go on a road trip, you go on a serious road trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, so I'm Canadian, for those who don't right, know, right. down there. And I, I still, I've always lived in Canada. So during the pandemic, we had in Canada a 14-day quarantine whenever you come back to Canada. So they installed a kit in my house that a lot of people have. So I called about six or seven games from home while uh, – over the holidays and now i'm back down in the u.s uh, my trip started in waco actually i flew from toronto to dallas drove to waco and because i can't go back and forth i believe i am now uh, away from home for the duration of the regular season like through championship week so i am very lucky i have a supportive independent wife listen to the voice of the bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m here on the home of the bears espn central texas I'm Joe Kaleo. At Kaleo Wealth Management Group, we believe a sound financial plan always starts by developing a good relationship with each client. We'd like the opportunity to build a relationship with you and help begin charting your path toward your financial goals. Dream big. We'll listen. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. Let's talk about Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat. And, of course, it's 201 West Loop 340, Waco, Texas. Ted Teague's out there and his staff, great staff, love the service area. 55,000 square feet of space, and uh, they do a great job. Any make and model, you could bring it in there. Those Ram trucks, three-peat motor trend truck of the year, back-to-back-to-back. Perfect for whatever your lifestyle calls for. Check out the new Ram 1500, 2500, or the big 
3,500. Top safety pick for trucks to be named in 2021. Smoothest, most comfortable ride of any truck. Now, I have that uh, Grand Jeep Cherokee that I've talked about. I've got a 2018. Probably about to get a try one of those new ones out. The Laredo is what I drive. Did really well during the ice storm. I think those Ram trucks did the best. Way up off the ground. Gives you a lot of comfort. And those things were not sliding around. Heavy-duty payload capacity. Be sure to check out the new Dodge lineup. The first domestic brand ranked highest overall. J.D. Power's initial quality. Get out there to Alan Samuels today. Your friend in the car business. Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe ranging from one half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, fence posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Lynch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. Number three, Baylor capped off the regular season with a win on senior day at the Ferrell Center over number 18, Texas Tech, 88 to 73. Mayfield Teague tied a school record with 10 three pointers. The Bears are the number one seed this week in the Big 12 tournament and get the bye in the first round in Kansas City. Number six, Lady Bears closed out their regular season tonight in the Ferrell Center with number 20, West Virginia. Tip is at 7 o'clock and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. UMHB football got a big drive when it had to and held off a late rally as the crew edged East Texas Baptist 30-28 on Saturday in Marshall. UMHB improves to 3-0 overall in the American Southwest Conference play and with the win, the crew also clinches at least a share of the ACS East Division title. UMHB JV is on the road tonight at Hardin-Simmons, kickoff at 6 o'clock. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show, presented by Central National Bank. Here's Matt Mosley. That's good. Steve Rodriguez. Great Rodrigo on with us. Steven, we're, I'm still trying to, uh, I want to, I want to visit with that new uh, secondary coach for the Bears. The new cornerbacks coach, Kevin Curtis, coming from SMU. Let's, uh. Well, we're going to do that. We're going to do that soon, and we're working on that. So that'll be fun. What about Steve? Uh, Stephen, what uh, about this Baylor start? The four and uh, the you know the, the the Memphis, and you're you're good at looking around the Big Twelve. University of Texas is ranked heading into this season. Um, you know, Oklahoma obviously has a good team. Texas Tech has now really become a perennially top 10, even a top five type program. What are the, and TCU has always been a great program. And I, in fact, I think, uh, I think Coach Schlossnagel just had his, Stephen, correct me if I'm wrong, 700th win, or was it even more than that? 700, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So the Big 12 so far, Stephen, anybody standing out to you? of some of those teams I mentioned. Oklahoma State obviously has had a long time, really strong program. Anybody doing anything that's caught your eye so far? Uh, yeah, so Tech and, and TCU and Texas have all been on nice runs. They had that early season tournament against SEC schools, 
and uh, all of them struggled. TCU went one and two. The other two teams went zero oh and three. But they both rebounded since. Texas has a really good Friday night starter named Ty Madden. He's going to be an MLB pitcher in the next few years, and he was impressive on Friday night against Houston. Uh, but aside from those three teams, you know, Oklahoma State, they're 9-0 and right now, and they've been playing mostly like mid-major schools. They uh, played Illinois State. Um, they just got a sweep over Grand Canyon. But still, nine straight wins in baseball, very impressive. Um, their pitching staff has been really, really good. Uh, they're actually coming off two straight shutouts over the weekend. So they're doing a nice job. And, um, you know, I was really impressed with how Baylor rebounded this weekend. You know, the first couple weekends, you lose two out of three, but Memphis is a solid team. They're picked to finish second in the American Conference behind Houston, who's always really good at baseball. And uh, to win four straight games, including a doubleheader on Saturday, uh, I think you're seeing the depth in that lineup. Uh, you know, Jared McKenzie's great, but Andy Thomas is doing a nice job at that catcher position. He's sitting over 300. Uh, Trey Richardson uh, has hit a couple bombs, and he's another guy that's hitting like 345 right now. Kyle Nevin is having a good season. So I feel like it, it, the more these young pitchers – and it's not even that they're young. It's just with the shutdown and everything, you have guys that haven't made a lot of starts. The more they kind of find their footing, that's going to be a team to, to watch as well because um, they can mash, and, and they're a group that can score you know, five or six runs a game. I like that. Hey, Steve, did you like that Charlie Huff talk? You're too young to remember Charlie Huff, but you've heard of him, and he was a great Rangers pitcher. And he was really good, but he was a knuckleball pitcher. And, Steven, that was still – you know, Nolan came – Toward the end of Charlie's time, Nolan came to the Rangers, and I don't know if they even overlapped. It probably they probably didn't. Charlie may have retired finally, right as Nolan was arriving. But Nolan was even at that point. You know, reason he was able to play so long is because he would go after games and get on a bike or lift weights or do whatever. I mean, Nolan was great at taking care of his body, and Charlie after games always had a cigarette in his mouth. And some of those guys back in the day, Stephen, they they totally smoked cigarettes in the in the dugout, <laughs> which didn't really do a lot to make <laughs> baseball look like great athletes. <laughs> You're smoking heaters in the dugout every oh, day. Oh, absolutely. They would go down there. I can't remember if Billy Martin did it or not. He did everything else, of course. But they would they would show them. <laughs> they would go down there. I think Major League Baseball tried to get them not to, especially with TV doing more and more games. But Stephen, when I was a kid. HSE did all the uh, did the did the Rangers games, but they you would only get about twenty games a year. It wasn't like Fox Sports Southwest; you'd get like every game. It'd be like you get like Norm Hitzkus and Merle Harmon or whoever. You get maybe twenty five games. So when you got a Rangers game, man, you were pretty excited. Like, woo, we got we get to watch the Rangers tonight. Rangers are on TV. So it was it was Eric Nadell and uh, Mark Holtz. And, and then, of course, Nadell would be like, you know, whatever. Uh, I think it was Holtz who, who would say, um, hello, win column. Hello, win column at the end of those things. But that's all we had. It was like base. So when right when Nolan was getting there and before that, when Charlie was pitching, Charlie had a no-hitter going one time, and George Wright misplayed a ball. They're out in California. I think they are playing the Angels. And uh, I'm at Camp Longhorn, okay, and I've snuck a pair of uh, – Head like those old headsets, you know, like like a not a Walkman, but actually it was a Walkman all in one. You just put it on a headset, and so I, I'm underneath my sleeping bag trying to listen to Rangers baseball, and George Wright misplayed a fly ball and cost Charlie Huff a no hitter. I mean, he's just killer. I mean, that stuff, Stephen. That is golly, that's my youth right there. Baseball 
is just not quite the same, sadly. And guys my age that are kind of 45 range, that 45 and older, I think they can all relate to that. 45 and younger, don't know if they were in their beds hiding, trying to watch baseball. I was always doing that as a kid. All right, Stephen, more. We'll do more of that. You want to book some time tomorrow for me to do some good old day? <laughs> Not like as that. good as it was. <laughs> but although I will disagree. You know, some, I don't try to do, like, for instance, I did love the Celtics and the Lakers, the Showtime Lakers and all that. But I, 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 people, I hear people say, I hate the NBA. I wouldn't watch the NBA if it was my backyard, okay? Uh, I hear people say that. I love the NBA of today. I like Jokic. I like Doncic. Uh, I, I, I prefer the aesthetics and the flow of the game now more than I did as a kid in the 80s, although I loved all those players. I mean, I worshipped Larry, Vinnie Johnson, Michael, you know, I, I, all that st- I had all the posters. And, you know, I worshipped. Those were the, that was the greatest. Moses Malone, the whole thing. But I like watching today's NBA. And people like the three-pointers ruin the game. Really? I mean, I, I don't know. I like watching Steph Curry shoot the ball from 35 feet. It's kind of fun. I like watching Jared Butler for Baylor pull up from 27 feet. Like, that's fun. I, I, don't, I just don't have any kind of problem with that. Okay, Stephen, let's listen to a little bit of this Bowlesby. I'm interested in this. Bob Bowlesby. Big 12 commissioner, Stephen, this morning, he gets in, he's like, Bowlesby's talking. I got to listen to some of this stuff. I got to grab. So it, this is what, this is the greatness of having Stephen Simcox as a co-host. He, he grabs all this stuff. What did Bob Bowlesby, Stephen, have to say about, this is the commissioner of the Big 12, about what stadiums are going to look like this fall? Uh, well, if, if we continue to make the kind of progress uh, that we're making right now on on testing and on uh, vaccinations, uh, I, I think it's it's not unreasonable to uh, um, see a, a fall that could uh, have the attendance uh, uh, reduced attendance restrictions lifted. Um, I mm-hmm. think I think some of I think Dr. Fauci said that, and I think I think others have said that that's not an unreasonable expectation, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a matter of, of what happens between now and then. Um, you know, if we backslide or if there, the variants turn out to be uh, um, more difficult than, than they have been so far, um, who knows? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think there's, there's any metric to forecast that, but based upon uh, some of the scientific leadership we've we've heard from around the country, um, there seems to be some possibility that that could be the case. Do you, do you like that, Stephen? When he's scientific, nothing, nothing gets me fired up like Bob Bowlesby talking about variants, variants and metrics and that kind of thing. He loves a good data point. I mean, I what's funny is you got the commissioner like. If we backslide. Meanwhile, OU's out like, hey, we're going to have full capacity. We think we're going to have about 70,000, 80,000 folks that first game, full capacity. Mac Rhodes on with us. He says uh, minimum 75%, maximum hopefully 100%. He got the commissioner, if we don't backslide, we might do pretty well. He didn't really talk with a Texas accent. He's from Iowa. I'm adding that. Okay, Stephen, what's the other thing? Oh, yeah. I'm interested in this, too. You had this. The bubble. The bubble. What's he going to do with this Big 12 tournament? How are you going to kind of bubble up your guys 
And 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 then how will ooh Stephen? I, I feel like I've got some insight on this to add after we hear from Bob Bullsby. How are you going to kind of have a bubble there in Kansas City? We've got um, we've got all the all the women's teams staying at one hotel and all the men's teams staying at another hotel. Um, they'll all be tested every day. Uh, the the entire thirty four that are in their in their travel uh, party, and uh, that's consistent with what. The, is going to be the case for the NCAA tournament next uh, next week, and um, so beyond that, uh, they'll be taking meals in the hotels. They they won't be going out to restaurants and that sort of thing without special arrangements. And uh, and so uh, you know, I, I think uh, you'll see uh, masks still being worn, and I I think you'll see. Uh, distance between chairs on on benches and and there's there will be an effort to keep uh, the the tier one security uh, people uh, separated from those that are in tier two uh, so you know the the, uh, the the fans and and um, you know you, you, one of the things you won't see is is working media down right next to the to the floor uh, everybody that's going to be down close to the floor is going to be in a tier one environment and, and will have been tested every day. So, you know, there are some things that are, that are very different than, than, uh, previous years, but, um, most of it is consistent with what we've been doing throughout the year. And so we've been, we've been tested three times a week at least, and the officials have been tested. And so, um, much of what we're doing, uh, is, uh, has been in practice, uh, over the last, uh, three months in the case of basketball, but, um, there, there's a little bit, uh, more over and above that we'll be doing that, uh, are, you know, among the things I mentioned. All right, Stephen, uh, there will be, I think some limited attendance there. Uh, it will be fun at the big 12 tournament. Uh, Jay Mo, who's about to come up on the John Boris show will be in place and he'll be doing his show each day at two o'clock. We'll, we'll send it to John and then uh, and he'll be doing the show live from Kansas City. And of course, Stephen, it looks like that uh, Thursday ball game will uh, will be during our show, and we will yield, of course, to the great John Morris as he calls that game. And you hear that ESPN Central Texas coming up Thursday, and of course, the women's tournament going on as well. We'll give you all the latest details on that. Good stuff there, Stephen. I like. Uh, Nothing gets me more fired up than Bob Bowlesby on a Zoom call. <laughs> it's just that monotone voice, man. Even when he's talking about maybe full capacity at, at the games in the fall, he's like, well, we have to remember if we start backsliding. I just think student, you know, a lot of the students get excited when you start talking about metrics. Yep. We've looked at some certain metrics and that kind of thing. So, anyway... Hey, you know, everybody who can get vaccinated, we get vaccinated. The herd, the herd immunity, it's on the way. Let's not get out there and just go crazy. Let's still use precautions, but we're getting closer. We're getting closer to a fall of tailgating and Baylor football and J-Mo on the radio. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. All right, John Morris standing by. Boy, Stephen, I'd love to hear his voice. I wish we could just... I wish we could just cross talk every once in a while, but I don't. I don't know if that's possible with the way we're hooked up. But uh, tell John, Stephen, if you get a chance, that I give him. I I, I gave him my best, and then uh, uh, we wish him good luck as he gets ready tomorrow 
to head out to Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament. All right, all of this coming up next on the John Moore Show. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Good night.